My name's Brian, and today is Wednesday, January 17th, 2024, and this is episode 613 of the Lots Project Podcast, where we're <laughs> defining norms and designing freedom. Whoa, and the title of today's episode is What Happens Now? I'll be chatting about more updates from this great Tennessee freeze of 2024, questions about uh, what happens next after all of this disaster because the forecast is not looking the best and the daily stoic meditation on habits and a little bit more. So thanks for joining me. Let's check in with the coffee crew in the live chat, see who's hanging out already, grab a cup of coffee and hang out for an hour or so. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Good morning, Rachel. She says she gets to get gas in this weather. Maybe she should go electric. I don't know if that's the wisest idea. I do have an electric uh, vehicle note on my uh, on my list here. Um, maybe we'll talk about that towards the beginning. Uh, good morning, Jim. How we doing? Jim hanging in from Florida. How's the weather down in Florida, Jim? I saw them making memes yesterday about... Um, about... Uh, four seasons being in florida all at once uh in one state uh it was basically like snowing in the panhandle and 90 in miami or something like that and everything in between so interesting uh good morning haas how we doing and hunter's wife hunter's wife you hanging out on twitch over there hanging down the hanging down the fort um if you make yourself a twitch account and you go on all by yourself and then have Hunter watch two. That's two viewers on Twitch. <laughs> Chris Dixon, thanks for swinging in. And Backwoods Butcher, good morning, good morning, good morning. Good morning, Falls, Foles. I'm not sure what that is. I'm not sure what that is. I'm guessing it was supposed to be folks. Jim says, it's been cold, rainy, hot, humid. We're getting the spectrum. <laughs> like most of us, you're on the spectrum. <laughs> oh, no. Oh man, uh, it is it is cold, guys. It is cold. I'll be chugging down this coffee pretty fast because uh, it is negative six. It's negative six degrees outside. Um, yeah, we're borrowing temperature to somewhere. I don't know. Maybe Jim down in. Uh, um, <laughs> Uh, send it to send it go to Jim so he gets uh, he gets the negative six and maybe we can come up to zero and have no temperature I don't know uh, but I'll tell you travel trailers aren't designed to um, travel trailers are not designed to be negative six just not I I I knew it wasn't designed to be like twenty degrees. I knew it wasn't designed to be five degrees. I knew it wasn't designed to be zero. And as sure as shit, no, it's not designed to be negative six. This is stupid. This is stupid. But it's supposed to be up to 30, 32 or 35 today and sunny. So just holding out till sunrise and hopefully the temp goes up. The, um, the temp goes up. So... Uh, Hunter's wife says, uh, Hunter's still in bed. I told him it's past six and you aren't on yet. So you did it for him. That's there you go. There you go. 
Um, so, hey, good morning, Carrie of Strong Roots Resources, weighing in from Knoxville, two degrees. Um, <laughs> Chris Dixon says not to be designed to lived in lived in those temps. Um, we Haas was asking how we're staying warm. Okay, well, the wood stove is working overtime. Our little cubic mini wood stove uh, is fantastic. It is absolutely fantastic for um, you know taking a chill off. Thirties, uh, forties. Even the 20s overnight, it wasn't horrible. Uh, and it was nice to kick on in the morning and it brought the temperature up pretty quick. Negative uh, six. Hey, Corey, uh, what do you got on the on the house temp? So it's negative six outside. We're running the, the cubic mini wood stove and Corey has a little electric space heater way back in her camper. But the, the thermometer is up here in the front and she said it's 48. So we got... Oh man, we weren't even full blast on the stove. So stove's doing well. Stove's uh stove's keeping up pretty good for how cold it is outside. Uh that's how we're staying warm. We have yet to kick on the propane heater, knock on wood. Um the the wood stove has been holding in there. I need to go get more wood because it is chewing through wood like crazy uh with these temps, but it's working. It's working. Um <laughs> Morning, Mike, Philippine Nomad. How you doing? Thanks for swinging in. How's the temp? How's the weather over in the Philippines right now? Are you going to say like 80 and uh, humid? And I'm going to be like, ah, I wish I was there. I wish I was there. Backwoods says we're going to have to cut up open, cut open one of the dogs and crawl inside to stay warm soon. Uh, I know Clyde was under the blankets with Corey uh, by the end of the night last night. It, um, um, <laughs> uh, I just want to, uh, she, she said that he curled up in bed. He was uh, done with it. And, uh, we've already postponed the morning walk this morning because I'm not going out in this to go on a walk and neither is Corey and Clyde, uh, his feet freeze so fast. And even Norman's feet froze this morning when he went out. So Jim saying he wants to see an RV, uh, see a video with a rocket mass heater built into an RV. Is anyone do that yet? Uh, I know James, um, James Gingerbread Farms mentioned something about um, rocket mass not being DOT uh, compatible or something. Uh, mass heaters aren't compatible. I don't know. I don't really follow those rules. I have um, concerns with the. Um, I have concerns with the vibrations while traveling and the mass. <coughs> I think. I think um, from what I've seen it do to my fire bricks in my wood stove and what I've seen it do to other things in the camper, I think the vibrations uh, while you're traveling in the trailer, unless you were able to remove the rocket mass heater while you traveled, would probably damage it. And um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Definitely, uh, definitely going to... Um, or, uh, integrate that into cabin builds we do i think it would be super uh super convenient to have a nice rocket mass 
um, stove or bench or something in a small cabin. Carrie, uh, Carrie Brown that checked in earlier from Strong Reads Resources, I saw that he was working on a project stacking pavers next to his wood stove. And uh, man, I really wish I did. Um, wish I had uh, had the room and the, the weight capacity to have that because he said that's working fantastic. I, if you're still hanging out, Carrie, let me know. Is that uh, is that still is it still working as promised or better? Are you super happy with that? And there's Mike still cool, still cool and dry or oh, low, only uh, only around 80 F. <laughs> there you go, Mike. Uh, you're number one. <laughs> You're number one. Jim says definitely not Cobb. Yeah, I think it's the vibration. Um, I really do. I think that's that's why uh, we can't do it. But anyway, uh, what's in the cup today? A little more light Peruvian. Uh, Kyle, you got a name for uh, the light Peruvian? I don't know if you joined us the other day when uh, when I announced that because of you and because of the show, Brian has gone down a road of naming his coffee blends. Um, and he did a play off Hector, the light Colombian. It is hectare, uh, as in the unit of measurement, similar to an acre. Uh, it's hectare, the, the light Colombian. So this is the light Peruvian. What do you got for me, Kyle? What do you got for the light Peruvian? It's gotta be a, it's gotta be a coffee term or some term related to coffee. Oh, never mind. You won't be able to do vocabulary. <laughs> makes him so happy <laughs> have you seen the pictures um let me see if i can pull the picture up real quick uh while i'm talking here this light peruvian it is it is another uh it is another fantastic blend from food forest farms it um it's a little a little different than the um little different oh nice i found it here i'll show you um, I'll show you. Good morning, Pip. How are we doing? Pan flute. <laughs> what? <laughs> There's something wrong with you. Uh, here we go. And here we go. Uh, there we go, guys. Um, maybe, maybe it's not going to, it's not going to come up. Oh man just a black screen isn't it damn it damn it sorry guys sorry guys it is not up maybe i have to save it um but anyway that's light peruvian's good uh new shipment coming in soon i'm excited i'm excited to get the new coffee blends um i think i'm getting uh i'm getting some getting some breakfast blend i'm getting some more hectare the light colombian and um yeah it should be good should be good i'm excited i'm excited so negative six let me get back on track here got um got a little uh sidetrack there uh good morning hunter did you get your ass out of bed or is this still hunter's wife um he says it's going to be 17 up to 41 today i am definitely looking forward to the the, the 30 plus the 30 plus um <laughs> kyle kyle says i'm putting too much pressure on him and it's taking him a bunch of times to uh, type out peruvian um so negative six this morning it wasn't supposed to get that bad it wasn't supposed to get that bad last night when we looked we were excited because um it had been creeping up for the overnight low 
and it started it was supposed to be like one for a while then i saw a negative one for a while and it was all the way up to like positive seven for the low and we woke up this morning and Corey's like no wonder it feels so cold in here it's negative six and i was like what <laughs> like we lost 10 degrees overnight we lost 10 degrees morning digger eight f eight fahrenheit where he's at do we know what that is in c um do we care? <laughs> uh, so it was negative six. So that was a surprise. Uh, we had a, I had an interesting night. Uh, we're still doing our fire shift rotation. Um, we're still doing the fire shift rotation. So I stayed up a little late till 10 o'clock, way till 10 o'clock last night, guys. Last couple nights. I've been staying up till 10 o'clock. I, I feel like a young lad again, making it up that late. And then Corey, uh, I, I fill the firebox and then Corey. No, I don't have a girlfriend that comes over and fill the firebox, but uh, I fill the cubic mini, a cubic mini wood stove, pack it full. And then Corey gets up at uh, 1230, I believe, um, 1230 ish. She refills it. And then my alarm is set up for 2.30. Monday, Sunday night into Monday morning. So Monday morning, um, my alarm didn't go off. So I was late. I, I, I dropped the ball there. Everything was good, though, because it was still in the like high teens or low 20s. Got the fire restarted last night or the night before. So Monday night into Tuesday, uh, alarm went off, got up. Everything was good. It was still rolling. Um, <laughs> I got distracted by the match reruns. Yes. Um, it was still rolling and then I just threw in the, the wood and we went away. It went to good. And then Corey goes, we got up at five. So, uh, that's the only overnight shifts we have to do. Uh, so last night it was supposed to be super cold. So I double checked and triple checked my alarm, stack the, stack the, the stove as much as I could right at the, right at 10 o'clock or uh, right around 10 o'clock. Jumped into bed. Corey got up and uh, and did her rotation at midnight. I got up at two thirty. My alarm went off, and I um, my alarm went off, and it was cold. I I knew it was cold outside, so I I wasn't thinking much of it. But I hopped out of bed. I went over to the stove, and um, <laughs> and I. Uh, it was out. I mean, it was pretty much out. It wasn't all the way out. It was uh, a little bit of, um, it was a little bit of hot coals in the bottom, but nothing that would kick the fire back on. And I was like, holy shit, we went too long. I looked over at the thermometer and it was 38 fucking degrees in here, guys. 38 inside. Um, so I knew I had to do something. Uh, the stove doesn't do so well when it's just starting. Uh, you can't just pack it and let it go. You got to kind of, you got to have it and let the airflow get going, let the, let the fire start rolling. And then you can just jam pack it after the fact. So I was like, I'm not sitting up at two 30 in the morning. If I get up and sit here and wait for that fire, it's usually, I don't know, like a 20 minute, half hour cycle till it's still really cooking. And then you can, can jam it full and, uh, and, and walk away for a while. 
So I made the call. I, uh, I, I have Z folded. I relit it. I made sure it was uh, starting off. And then I went and laid in bed and set another alarm for 3.30. It felt like I went back to sleep for five minutes. Alarm went off, got up, fire was rolling, and I, I jam-packed it full. And Corey said it was um, it was just petering out when she got up at 5 this morning. Uh, she was able to not have to restart it with a fire starter or anything, uh, but be able to jam it full with uh, with wood, and she took off. So it was a rough night. It was a rough night. I'm not going to lie. When I got up at, uh, when I got up in the middle of the night, it was 38 in here. I was... Um, I was very, very, very close to walking over and kicking on the propane furnace. And the only thing that stopped me, the only thing that stopped me was the fact that I know that the propane tank that we're using right now is um, half or less. And I figured sure as shit, I turned that propane tank uh, or turn the propane heater on that tank would run out. And then I would have to go out and change the fucking tank to make my coffee in the morning. And I wasn't going to do that. So heater stayed off because <laughs> I didn't want to go out in the colder, colder when it ran out for coffee in the morning. So there is that. I guess I could heat up. We don't heat up the water on the wood stove. So here's the, the shitty part about it. The wood stove top, especially with the eco fan on it, is too small to heat our uh, our teapot up. So... We heat our we heat our water up on uh, on the stovetop, even though we got a, a roaring fire about ten feet away from it. It is what it is. We look for a teapot. We look for a teapot the right size to fit on that stove, and that stove is just so small. They do make it a uh, they do make a retrofit kit for it that has a stove that goes in uh, and attaches to the top. So. That might go. That might happen in the future, um, especially if this thing gets parked uh, somewhere uh, where it uh, where we'll have like cool, cool seasons and things like that to where we're going to want to fire up the stove a little bit uh, in the trailer. I don't know if we'll ever take it out. I think Corey and I were discussing the other day. I was asking her whether we plan on leaving everything in this, like the composting toilet and the solar system and the wood stove and all the things we bought to uh, make this work. Uh, and we were both pretty much in agreement that if the trailer's good, if it, maybe if it's even not, if it's not roadworthy, but if we get it someplace where we want to park it and use it as a structure, we'll leave everything with it. Um, if we end up putting like a, uh, up a pole barn shed or a, a, a lean to over it or something to cover it to get it out of the elements obviously we'll take the solar off the top and mount it somewhere where it can get to the sun it's not under cover we're not that silly um but i think uh i think the stove will stay in i think the composting toilet will probably um that's easy because that can get moved uh, I can easily take that out, set that somewhere else. It's really nice. There's no plumbing or anything. I could go sit it outside and use it if I wanted, uh, even right now. So that's nice and portable. Uh, the other thing we got was the the Max fan, exhaust fan. That really is um, irrelevant in like a cabin build. So yeah, and and we just said, you know, if if the if the if the trailer got totaled for some reason. Uh, if something happened to it where it has a hole in the side or it's just not it's not habitable, uh, we would strip everything out of it, obviously. But I think we're going to try to uh, roll with it 
with everything that's uh, that's in it at this point. So, Kerry said he slept on the couch so he could feed it every couple hours. That's a good idea, man. That is a good idea. I um, I contemplated pulling over the new uh, the new living room chairs we have, uh, pulling mine over next to the stove and sleeping in it, but uh, I had a really nice warm sleeping bag in here that that was uh, doing the trick. So. Didn't want to get out of that this morning for sure, for sure. Um, Rachel mentioned earlier, and I want to I want to hit that right away up here on the up here on the top was uh, she had to get gas this morning in this weather, and she was thinking if she wanted to go an electric car. Uh, you guys have probably seen all the memes popping around on the interwebs the last few days of um, Chicago with the lines of Teslas at the 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 lines of um, dead teslas chris dixon says it's not like it's a far to walk dude you don't even know with cold feet on that floor and uh and just sweatpants on no no uh shirt no sweatshirt no hat no nothing it is a long way to walk (laughs) it is a long ways and it's fucking cold up in the front here uh i don't get a whole lot of heat flow up into the front of this thing um but anyway uh the electric cars man (laughs) two thoughts (laughs) jim says dress warmer if i if i wear too much clothes when i sleep i sweat and then i get cold um so it's it's a balancing act for sure Uh, i have a really nice sleeping bag that uh when it's when it's temperate out i have it unzipped and use it as like a comforter and then as the temperature drops i zip it up more and more and then like last night i had it in full mummy mode um so all the all the memes the electric car memes rachel says to be fair i know folks with telsa's they're doing okay but they're plugged in inside um yeah 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 so the thing about Tesla's isn't the fact that they won't charge. Oh, I mean, they won't charge below a certain temperature. The battery has to be a certain temperature for them to charge. Um, the battery has to be a certain temperature for them to take a supercharge, which is the fast charge. Uh, I understand that that was a lack of planning by people that um, that got caught in the in the cold and they were outside and couldn't charge their stuff. You can charge them inside. And I suggest if you have a Tesla that you have like a power wall and you have a space to put it inside to keep it warm and, and charge it because that would be the smart thing to do. Um, the, the problem I have with them, two, I guess, two questions I have an- to, that I needed answered. And I've had these questions for a long, long time, way back when uh, they were just first starting to come onto the market. Um, there was a gentleman in Minneapolis that bought one just to do testing in extreme weather. So in Minnesota, you know, they had, um, you know, that they had, uh, we had extreme weather. We had highs in the, in the nineties and hundreds and very high humidity for a few days or a week in the summer. We also had super cold, like the highs lower than what it is right now that I'm crying about. And, uh, but I also wasn't in a travel trailer. Um, my question at that point, and he did a, he did a test is when you run a heater in a normal internal combustion car, um, 
they the it runs off the bat or when you hit run the heater on an internal combustion car it runs off the engine heat majority you can correct me if i'm wrong i i i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure the majority of the heat rolls off the rolls off the engine in a heat exchanger blows over the heat exchanger and uh, and comes out um if not all of it a lot of it that's why when your car warms up and gets hotter the the heat gets hotter uh i could be totally off base on that i'm not a mechanic but um um so when you drive a electric car and it's negative 20 out and you have to run the heater full blast the heater runs off the battery i have to assume i don't think there is um <laughs> someone was sitting in a plow all night last night yes you are correct <laughs> so when you're running what is going on sorry dogs are having um dogs are having fun <laughs> something <laughs> having fun i guess they're all grumpy too because they're not getting exercise but when you're running a um uh pip says okay the 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 auto guy chimes in he says the heater core inside the dash is responsible for the heat exchange inside the cab using engine coolant as a source okay electric car pip weigh in with me on electric car where does the heat come from when you turn the heat on in an electric car because in an electric car there's no heat in the engine in an electric engine or minimal at most correct So what does that do to the range of the <laughs> Chris Dixon says it's heated by unicorn farts. Sweet. I've always been wondering when they were going to harness the unicorn farts <laughs> to heat the cars. They were pretty steamy. The unicorn farts are pretty steamy. Um <laughs> Pip says he doesn't know about the electric ones. Backwood says it's the body heat from all the hamsters on their wheel. <laughs> uh, well, I have to assume that it's an electric resistance heater uh, with air blowing across it with a fan driven by the um, <laughs> the fan the fan uh, running off the electric, the heater, the resistance heater running off the electric. I can't imagine that there's any other way to make heat in an electric vehicle uh rachel says she's gonna start raising unicorns we should all start raising unicorn unicorns uh we'll all have unicorn farms and front end the unicorn fart supply shortage of 2030 uh but anyway that really drops the range now this might be getting better because they're adding more um they're adding more right 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 it's adding more um load to that battery so your your range is getting lower and i know they're adding more uh, charging stations everywhere but at the point this guy was testing it he couldn't get to the next charging station 
running his heat full blast to stay mildly warm in Minnesota in the winter. Um, so what the fuck do you do if there's a traffic jam? I think we saw it in Philadelphia uh, last year. There was a big snowstorm and there were all the electric vehicles that were stuck on the highway. When you're out of juice, you're out of juice. You're out of juice. Um, you're done. So, man, you get stuck in a you get stuck in a winter weather uh, situation with a, a car accident. It just doesn't sound very uh, appealing to me. That's a minor issue compared to the other one that I I, I want to have solved before I, I buy into the whole electric vehicle. Um. In Alberta, I see warnings. Uh, California all the time. Uh, Seattle right now. Uh, this is oil and gas, baby. I mean, let's do fucking nuclear cars. I don't give a shit. Uh, water. I don't care as long as it fucking works. But to blow all this bullshit out uh, and say, oh, this is the future. They can't even cover the grid when it gets cold. With the amount of electric vehicles that are on it right now. They can't even cover the grid. Um, the grid is so fragile and near capacity that when it gets hot in California and everybody turns on their air conditioner, we got to turn off the power. We got to brown out. Um, Seattle, I had uh, somebody tell me yesterday, Seattle says um, Seattle during the winter when it gets cold, they lose power routinely several times a month for anywhere from 15 minutes to five hours. What's going to happen when 20 more percent people, 50 more percent more people, 100 percent more people are charging their fucking cars and not running space heaters, not running air conditioners? I'm guessing the charge load from a uh, the charge load from a electric car has to be a little bit more than a than a window air conditioner or a fucking space heater. I don't know. Jim says, I think roadside service of mobile chargers might be a better business than raising unicorns. I I mean, I got a generator to you. <laughs> We're already set up. We just need the, um, <laughs> we, ooh, ooh. <laughs> okay, here we go. I love you guys. I love you guys. Uh, Pip weighs in. <laughs> Backwood says, Monsters Inc. would have been a different movie if we could harness unicorn farts. <laughs> Pip says, News report, tragic day for EV owners who froze to death during this blizzard. <laughs> Dixon says, once this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're going to see some shit. <laughs> And rewild their life hit it. She nailed it. We don't need more electric cars. We just need less people. <laughs> um, uh, Pip says, "Oh, this is interesting. This is interesting. Uh, I like Bear Independent. I don't. Uh, I don't listen to. Uh, I don't listen to his stuff on the regular. But uh, meeting him at SRF was pretty cool." Uh, Bear Independent suggests that there's not enough trees to make the power poles to support the charging stations that have been suggested. <laughs> weird, 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 weird. Dixon says maybe the EV movement's a government push on natural selection. 
Hunter says 35 to 60 kilowatt hours to charge most EV. What's uh what's the average Hunter you're uh, you're in HVAC. What's the average uh window air conditioner run for a 24 hour cycle? How many kilowatt hours? Hmm. Interesting. I don't think EV is the way, guys. I think it works. It works in such situations. Uh, James has got a pretty sweet situation with his solar system and his cars and the fact that uh, he just he just hits here and there um, and he has alternative transportation when when he can't use his electric car. Uh, that is an isolated situation. Uh, people in Texas that have a nice solar farm and can charge their charge their car at their leisure uh, if they have a power wall that can harness and uh, and store the power but at some point the power runs out at some point you're going to want to drive farther than your solar power gotcha and at some point um it's going to be cold and you're going to have to run the heater i don't know i don't know just my thoughts i'm not buying one anytime soon guys it just doesn't make sense for me Hunter says 500 to 2,000 kilowatt hours. Really? It takes... It takes... Three and a half times the energy to run a window air conditioner as it does to charge a, a, a an electric car. Interesting. Oh, <laughs> point, point five to point. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> and Dixon nails it right here. And then power hits $25 a kilowatt hour. Yeah, man, we got to buy, we got to build new power plants. You know, we got to feed them with coal and oil and nuclear and, all this shit that you guys didn't want because the fucking wind turbines, the wind turbines are frozen up and, uh, and, and we're, and the, and the fields are dry because we've been using Brondo and the plants ate all the electrolytes. <laughs> Backwards. God forbid you had to tow a trailer while it's 10 degrees out with an electric truck. You'll barely make it out of the drive. Why would you be trolling a trailer, Kyle? Why? You, that is uh, above your capacity. You should be pulling your trailer with your, um, with your sleigh pigs. Um... Jim says the government's behind EV. We're getting EV. Ford and Chevy are all in. It's going to be forced on us, whether it's good for us or not. Like ethanol, they don't care that it's going to be more expensive. Fucking ethanol. You said the devil word, man. Um, ethanol. <laughs> I should do a whole fucking show on ethanol. guys got any ethanol questions try working in the the fuel industry in minnesota where it's fucking corn farmers from the side from every angle you can see for miles and miles and miles they have those guys so fucking snowballed it's unfucking real um 
Dixon says Kyle and his Norwegian sled hogs. <laughs> That's what we gotta we gotta start raising sled hogs and unicorns. <laughs> and backwards says, meanwhile, China's building more coal plants than ever before. Oh yeah. Well, that is that is the that is the rub. That's that's the that's the thing that I just can't you so when you try to talk to somebody that's just bought into EV, that's bought into EV that is like holy global warming, global cooling, climate change, whatever, uh, whatever it is. Um and I and you ask them. Where does the electricity come from to power your electric car? Now, I'm not blind to the fact that there's solar farms. I'm not blind to the fact that there's hydroelectric. I'm not blind to these things. But what, where does it come from? Coal, fire, oil plant, like like electric generation comes from fossil fuels um that rabbit hole is being explored at the moment i have a couple articles open about uh fossil fuels and what they actually are what they really are <laughs> it's really weird it ties back into uh that job i had with the the plastic to oil recycling hmm. hydrocarbons hmm Oh man, government schools did us a very big injustice. Let's just say that. Kyle says his new boar looks like he could be a sled hog. Yeah, your boar, man. He looks like a bad ass. <laughs> a bad, a bad ass. <laughs> Jim says, oh, they're not going to stop burning oil. They're just going to push EVs more while distracting us from others. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Um, if you want to start down a rabbit hole about fossil fuels and oil and where it comes from, start, just, uh, go to Google. I don't know if Google lets you see the articles, but if you, um, <laughs> if you, if you just try to start searching, um, the depth that they're finding oil pockets and the depth where the oldest dinosaur has been discovered. Just start looking there. Start looking there. Uh, Hunter says he's got a question about ethanol. <sighs> Squish dinosaurs is a stupid myth. Your government taught school taught you. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Chris Dixon. Hunter says, what was the reason given and why is it bad? Okay. Why is it bad? Uh, first of all, why is it bad? I'll start there. Uh, a, it, it consumes more energy than it saves. It's highly corrosive to anything that isn't nickel plated or better. Um, it's a net negative. It's, it's taking a, a food resource and converting it into a non-efficient fuel source. Uh, that's a start. That's a start. Um, what was the reason given? We need more. We need a more sustainable fuel source. So we're going to turn corn into fuel because we can grow corn. We know we can grow corn. Uh, we needed something to do with the corn. 
we needed something to subsidize the farmers because we had processed the corn into every fucking thing we possibly could, including everything in your cupboard if you buy manufactured food. Um, and we didn't, we still had more corn. So we needed something to do with it. So we found an inefficient process that extracts alcohol from the corn and blend it with perfectly fine fuel to up the octane. So we're, we're selling less efficient gasoline by improving the octane level by adding alcohol made by corn in an inefficient process. And then it corrodes every fucking thing that it touches. And if a drop of water ends up in that gasoline, don't think you're going to be using dry gas or anything like that to dry it up, to pull that water out of the gasoline. It's going to bind with the ethanol and drop it out and lower the octane of your fuel back down to the shitty octane fuel that they sold you in the first place. There you go. There you go. <laughs> How is that, Hunter? Is that a is that a good explanation for you? Fucking clip that shit and put it on fountain. Um <laughs> <laughs> Rewilder Life says, don't leave your car in the frozen car in the morning. <coughs> I don't know what the Boneyard Alaska is. Pip says, ethanol needs a full show. Dude, oh man. And to boot, the shit smells horrible. It absolutely smells like vomit. Uh, Backwood said they also had to subsidize all the farmers that had to ramp us during the war effort. Okay, so so here's the deal with the the ethanol is it's cheaper because they fucking subsidize it. They subsidized it in Minnesota so that people would buy it so that they need they could fleece the farmers into taking shitty pay for their fucking shitty corn. Oh my God. It's all, it all revolves around propping up the car market guys. That's all it is. It's a shitty product and inefficient net negative that ruins everything it touches. That's ethanol. And I explained that to a corn farmer one day and he says, yeah, but with all the money I make off the corn, I sell them. I just buy a new truck. Fuck you. I did a service call at a co-op gas station that was making corn diesel and had four, four, five, five different ethanol corn diesel blends on the pump. Asinine. Asinine. <laughs> Chris says corn is for whiskey and it corrodes my liver a little each day. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> oh, man. Tim <laughs> says, I'm getting excited. Maybe we should talk about unicorns again. No, it's because I'm drinking my coffee so fast and, and somebody said ethanol. <laughs> next thing, next thing you guys are going to say is new Americans with water in their fuel tanks. Oh my God. It's, it's such a scam. Seeing it from the inside, seeing it from the fuel side, it is absolutely, it is absolutely just a fucking sham guys. 
if you can get ethanol free fuel, which is really cool because down the road here, if I um, if I really wanted to get gasoline at that gas station, and it's really not that bad. They do have above ground tanks, so it, it might not be that uh, horrible. It might not be that horrible, but they have in Tennessee ethanol free 87, which is really cool, which is uh, is a good thing. Most places in Minnesota that they could only sell ethanol free fuel and it was um, 91 octane and it was labeled for off-road or off-road recreational or classic vehicles only. Um, <laughs> thanks. Thank you, Rachel. Uh, she said, this is why she comes in the morning. The laughs, the wit, it makes me smile and laugh. I'm glad. I'm glad I could start your day. Um, I'm glad I could start your day with a smile and a laugh, but anyway, after that whole ethanol thing, I got to calm down here a little bit. Let me get back to my list of things that, um, <laughs> that won't make my brain explode. Um, there are, uh, there are some adults driving around here. So we have, I don't know. You guys, you guys, I think everybody in the audience has probably been around um, snowy roads after a blizzard, even if it's a, a chance blizzard. I know Jim's down in Florida. He used to be in New York, so he knows what it's like. Pip, Pip, you ever gone through, uh, you ever gone through snowy roads? Um, snowy, warm, cold, fluctuating back and forth, shit like that. Uh, I think everybody else in the, in the show has probably experienced that. Hunter, maybe. Um, uh, Anyway, well, what happens is when it starts snowing, the temperature is dropping, the snow comes down and it melts on the road and it turns wet. Uh, then usually the temperature will drop a little bit and the the ice and sleet will accumulate on the snow on the roads. It'll start uh, it'll start um, building up a little sheet layer of ice. Chris Dixon, don't you worry about this. This is only for you in September and june you know at the ends where the temperatures are changing don't worry about this this time of year um hunter used to be in oregon okay uh and so this layer of ice builds up because <laughs> dixon says what's it like uncle brian <laughs> just just think about just think about spring and fall you know in uh in, in june and in june and september in alberta uh, that's right. It is warmer there than in Tennessee right now. But anyway, this layer of ice builds up on the, on the, on the road and then snow, it starts to snow and the snow accumulates. Well, the snow gets back down under the snow is this ice layer. The snow will solidify. It gets hard. You drive on the snow. Uh, as the temperature comes up a little bit, the sun comes out, the snow melts, the ice is still there. It's nice and insulated under there. That's that ice layer gets nice and hard. Uh, and then when it gets cold overnight, it refreezes everything that melted, the nice water kind of soaks down into the snow, refreezes, and it just makes this super thick layer of ice underneath. And that's the last thing to go. That's the last thing to go. You got to think all that snow that's piled up. We got seven inches of snow here. That's going to be melting down and turning back into ice on the road. Um, there are adults driving around, Corey and I saw this, it sounded like a bunch of teenagers having fun, which I mean, I'm not faulting them if they get, I mean, I'm not going to pull them out if they get stuck. If they hit somebody else, I just think they're a complete fucking douchebag, but man, have some fun, I guess. Go find a parking lot though. There's people like tearing around in the streets. 
Corey and I decided we didn't want to take the dogs for a walk the other day uh, after the snow. It was a nice day, but we didn't want to be walking down. We have a big hill towards the end of our walk. And all I could think of is these people that don't know... Um, <laughs> <laughs> that don't know how to drive in the snow coming down this hill and it's a pretty decent slope and seeing us and hitting the brakes and if you guys have driven in the snow what do you not do when you want to go straight in the snow you just let off the gas you don't hit the brakes i didn't want to be a moving target for these assholes uh, I definitely didn't want to be a moving target after they started to venture out on the roads and I saw how they go around corners. I saw how they like to, you know, just hit it a little bit. So they fishtail a little bit, you know, when I was like 12, 14, 15, dicking around in the, in the little vehicles. Um, yeah, yeah. You know that stuff. Yeah. Don't do that when there's people around. They're acting like teenagers here, but whatever whatever it is they get their their uh their chance every couple of years to uh, to make it happen so have fun with it have fun with it but hunter says everyone needs practice that's what i said like go to a parking lot though that's how i learned how to control a car in the winter is in a fucking parking lot and on the back roads when i was 16 17 18 19 20 um <laughs> Jim says, is sketchy a thing everywhere? Uh, you hang onto the bumper wheel well and slide on your feet. Yeah, in like 1951, we got smart and we tied a rope to the car and, and just went on a sled behind it. We also did it with four wheelers and snowmobiles. <laughs> Oh yeah. Uh, anyway, so the roads are, are the roads are a mess. I'm gonna have to get out uh, today or tomorrow to get uh, to get to Jamie's to pick up some more wood. I think. Um, seriously, kids don't do that. So no, they're smarter. They 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 ride behind the cars um, and don't ruin their shoes. <laughs> I don't know if kids still do that up north or not. I didn't see anybody doing that um, in Minnesota. When I was there, it was more, uh, it was more, it was more snowmobiles and four wheelers and things like that, that they would do that with. I don't know. I don't know. Mm. Uh, but anyway, I'm going to have to get out. So I'm thinking about these roads, which also got me thinking about what happens now um, going forward. Tonight was the, this was the coldest night. Uh, I think we got through that. We have a couple days now of highs in the thirties. Today's highs in the thirties with sun uh highs in the 30s with sun we'll get some melt action going on and then tomorrow is highs in the 30s with rain we're going to dip back down again so it's going to hard freeze again not come above freezing for two days uh all of this moisture that we get uh from the melt today and the, the rain tomorrow is going to freeze hard and then the beginning of next week we start coming up into the 50s with lows in the 50s eventually on Tuesday or Wednesday. Lows in the 40s and 50s. We don't go below freezing for at least five days with a chance of significant rain every day. That's a lot of moisture. Uh, I've ob observed around here that when it rains, anything significant, uh, even a significant rain shower, you get you get standing water everywhere. 
I've also been through a, a Minnesota winter where everything melts and there's no water. There's no place for the water to go because the ground is still thawed or frozen. I don't feel like the ground is frozen here, but it's still, there's no place for the water to go. And that is a lot of water. I don't know. Um, Jim says, do drifters do better in the snow? Seems like they would. Um, drifters that don't know how to drift on pavement do better in the snow. Um, so I don't know. I don't know where all the water is going to go in the ground. I'm also very concerned about the melt on the trailer because I can't get the shit off the top of the trailer. I can't get the snow because there is like an ice cap on the top of the trailer. We are not, um, we are not insulated enough that it kept it from melting on the top. So we got massive icicles on the side. I've been trying to do what I can, but everything is, it's like an ice cap. All the snow is kind of melted down and it's one big piece. So unless I go up there with a chisel, I'm just waiting for it to melt and I'm waiting to see where it comes in the trailer. So that's, um, uh, Hunter says, do you get an ice dam on the trailer? It's not necessarily ice dam. It's like a fucking ice sheet on the top right now. I, po I popped up on the on the ladder to take a look and it's it's like minimal snow on top and it's all just a fucking ice cap across the whole top of the trailer. Um, the only thing that I don't have. Um, <laughs> the only thing I don't have snow over is uh, under the solar panels, which <laughs> they're covered, too. So. Um. Yeah, so I don't know. I don't know what happens. Um, it'll be interesting to see uh, what happens as the snow melts next week and we get more rain. Uh, I think it's going to get nasty. I think it's going to get really nasty around here. And um, it'll be interesting to watch. It'll be interesting to watch. I'm really trying to take this uh, whole cold snap and, uh, and roll with it, but I'm not doing real well. I've been having some breakdown moments. Uh, this is why I left fucking Minnesota and I hate every single fucking minute of it, minute of it. Uh, and as things just spiral and get worse, like the doors freezing, uh, the locks freezing, the ice on the, the ice on the floor, the slippery shoes and ice skating across the linoleum. It's just, um, it is what it is. And uh, I have my I have my fucking meltdowns and I apologize to Corey for that. But man, there's a reason I gave up our farm. There's a reason when people ask me, how the hell do you give up 35 acre farm? That's what we all want. This is why, because this fucking sucks. Dixon says you'll have to watch your slides if you have them. Yeah. Um, we're angled enough that we're not going to get drainage back in on the top of the slides. I don't think uh, we're tipped enough that way, but uh, yeah, there is, there is quite a buildup. I I've been keeping an eye on it to make sure they're not um, make sure they're not uh, sagging. I don't think it's a weight issue. So I'm just waiting for the, the um, water to run off. <coughs> <laughs> Chris says, deep breaths, man. This too shall pass. I know it will. I know it will. In the moment, though, in the moment, I all I do is have 
red screaming flashbacks to um, getting to the point where I was willing to get rid of what we had. The the days working out in it, the, the on-call after hours and working in uh, gas station parking lots in the sump when it was negative 20 at 2.30 in the morning for no reason. Those Those are the things that come screaming back to me that I escaped that last winter was so nice uh that my body didn't hurt that my hands didn't hurt that um yeah and here we are again next week it should be a little warmer so i'm looking forward to that uh real quick before we we wrap up uh been doing some work on getting some sponsorships getting some products to review getting some new discount codes and affiliate links and things like that um yesterday i ended up with two different products two completely different types of products on their way here for me to check out and test out and do some reviews uh one i secured a discount code with the other one i don't know if i'll end up with a discount code uh it, they reached out to me and asked me to uh review their product for uh for return um videos and things like that so i don't know if i'll end up with a discount they sell them through Amazon. I'm not sure how that would really work, but if it does, I will bring it to you guys. But the first product that is coming that I'm excited about is um, their aftermarket Starlink equipment. Uh, so aftermarket uh, Starlink cables. If you have Starlink, you know that they have a proprietary, proprietary end on the cables that fit into the Starlink router and fit into the Starlink dish, um, making that like a impossibility to order them elsewhere. The company that reached out to me has figured out and reverse engineered those plugs. Now they're making their own cables and they make them in a variety of lengths and especially longer lengths than Starlink themselves make them. So if you want to get that dish out further, you can. Uh, and so they're sending me a 175 foot cable, which is really cool. I'm going to test that out compared to the one that I got with Starlink, see if the speeds are the same. Uh, and it'll be a great product for people that uh, are traveling because I think those cords will eventually wear out, get broken, and these replacements are um, as good or better than it'll be a good option. They also make um, aftermarket ends that uh, adapters that you'll be able to convert a Cat5, a high-end Cat5 or a, uh, a Cat6 cable into a Starlink cable. Uh, which is really cool because now you'll be able to run them uh, through through the RV walls and things like that differently and uh, tie into different things uh, going in and out of a house where you're can just going to use RJ45 connections instead of this, this goofy Starlink connection. So I'm ex excited to... I'm excited to test that out, but the other one that I uh, I ended up with hooking up with yesterday was um, Blackbeard Fire Starters. Now I don't know if you've ever seen them. Uh, they're they're advertising pretty heavy on Facebook right now, and um, but they they make a variety of fire starters, knife sharpeners, survival gear type things. Uh, they have some fire starters on their way. I'm excited to try them out in the wood stove. Uh, I'm excited to try them out outside uh, for camping, for bug out bags, emergency kits, roadside kits, things like that. But the fire starters are supposed to be good for 30 years, whether they're open or closed. So that's pretty, pretty cool for the preparedness industry. I'm going to drop a link in the in the video comments here. And it's also in the show notes for the video and the audio. But uh, lots project, not the don't put the in, but lots project 
discount code at blackbeardfire.com gets you 10% off. It also earns me a little commission. Um, I'm excited to get them and try them out. Wait till I uh, wait till I get them and uh, and try them out. But if you've been thinking about wanting to order some, get yourself 10% off. Try them out. Let me know what you think too. And, uh, and we'll compare notes after I test them out. They are on the way, so it shouldn't be too awfully long. Excited, excited, excited. Uh, Chris Dixon said, is that the pills or the rope? Uh, they, they sell both. They sell the black, uh, rope. They are sending me the fire starter plugs, which are, it's a bag of individual little drops that you can, uh, break up and they have the fiber inside and the, and the uh, accelerant and everything in them. So I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited for sure. Checking that out. Um, and cool little thing the the more i sell the more free shit they send me and they got some cool shit they got a really cool high-end lighter they got a really interesting um neck pendant necklace that uh is a knife sharpener uh but it's got multiple multiple facets and multiple multiple faces for different size blades and different types of blades got got some fire starting uh fire starting survival uh equipment and I'm excited to work with them. I'm excited to work with them. They uh, they seem like they got a really really good uh, affiliate manager that's all over his stuff. He's but we were we were talking quite a bit yesterday, and uh, yeah, it should be a good should be a good relationship. I think it fits well in with the camping um, and off grid and uh, all sorts of lifestyles that uh, all you folks that listen to the show are into. So, blackbeardfire.com/lotsproject and use discount code lotsproject when uh when you check out and get 10 percent off your whole order so check out those videos check in keep an eye out for those videos uh we're in an hour i got i think i gotta wrap up i think i have to wrap it up here uh i really enjoyed the chat this morning guys even though i got a little fired up with the the ethanol i'm gonna have to have another cup of coffee and calm down and oh wait i should probably have some uh i should probably have some um uh uh, stress relief tea to stay warm, but not, uh, not anymore, not any more coffee. Uh, regardless guys, if you appreciate, I appreciate you all listening. If you enjoyed the show, it's always free to hit that like share and subscribe, clip it over on fountain, um, whatever, uh, to return value for value, please consider joining one of the YouTube membership tiers or listening to any value for value platform like Podverse, Wave Lake, or Fountain.fm. Visit thelotsproject.com to find more information or to find all my links. Stay warm, guys. Stay, stay warm. Stay warm. Oh, Chris says have some corn fuel and chill out. Dry January, man. I uh, I hung up the, the the alcohol for January, and the way it's going right now, I'll probably hang it up for uh, a good long time. Just feeling better about life. Feeling better about life. Everybody, anyway, stay warm. It is cold uh, pretty much everywhere. Uh, I think we're going to break through this pretty quick. Stay warm and uh, stay happy. Get some shit done. Have an awesome day. Make it over the hump, and we will catch up with you tomorrow. 